Jordan Groshans arrives as a Marlin, a three-hit game for Jordan Groshans. We are going to look back at his stunning performance, equally look ahead to tonight's game. Pablito going for the fish, and also some jazz Chisholm talk inspired by a Fish Stripes article today. All of this on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, guys, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you get your pods. It is a daily show, five episodes a week, Monday to Friday. Hit subscribe, get that content right to the device. If you are watching, greetings. Welcome to my living room. And uh, you can hit subscribe in the YouTube channel too. This content, YouTube pod whatever you want it's there for you i'm here for you five days a week guys it's the thursday episode another solo pod rattling through these at a fast pace there's tons to talk about yes there is jordan groshans we talked about it he was making his major league debut it was uh over three day in his actual debut no k's though no k's for groshans which was a nice start he had the full plethora of outs i think it was a line out a fly out and a ground ball. Nevertheless, he turned the page on that on on Wednesday's game uh, with a three-hit game. And initial reactions just watching Groshans, particularly the first hit and the third, both of those top in the zone, top of the zone, sorry. And the bat seems to be just so flat and in the zone, in the contact zone for a long time. Really like what I'm seeing there from Jordan Groshans. The bat-to-ball skills look good. The contact's good. And he even managed to get a dribbler through uh, through shortstop uh, area for his second hit of the day. So Groshans off and running now for the Marlins. Uh, he ended up just three, three at-bats and, of course, three hits. Yes, sir. Great to see for him. He started again at third base. Miggy Rowe was in at shortstop. I'm intrigued to see if the Marlins do give him a run at short. Um, but nevertheless, as we've been talking about uh, all, well, for, for weeks now, it seems, the future of third base remains up in the air. Brian Anderson yesterday was DHing. The Marlins remain, they remain protective of Brian Anderson, spending more time in right field or DH a little bit at third base. But overall, they're protecting him and they're cycling through guys at third base. However, Groshans, now he's had the call. Now he's had a three-hit game. First three-hit game from for seemingly ever for this Marlins uh, offense. Nevertheless, great to see uh, him getting it in. The only RBI of the game, uh, a Blade uh, single. The, that was in the first inning, actually. Got the Marlins rolling after you know Edward Cabrera came out in the first. Kind of struggled. It was a 33-pitch inning, I believe, in the first. And... You know, overall, Edward Cabrera, it was a, in some ways, a typical 2022 Cabrera start. You know, from a earned runs perspective, just two earned runs. However, just went five and one third. Four Ks, but here it is. Three walks and a hit by pitch. Kind of, that's that's Edward Cabrera's MO. 
And it's kind of how Sandy was in his early days. I've said this multiple times too. Eddie, if he can just tighten it up, tighten it up a little bit with the command, there is a real stud there waiting to be unearthed there for the Marlins. And remember, Sandy, it took him two, three years to really ascend to this level. And then he's kind of continued to kick on and on. Cy Young Sandy. Nevertheless, for Eddie, just two earned. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was back-to-back bombs, actually. The, the, the Phillies really kind of went big with a long ball. Bryce um, and then Rio Muto both getting bombs later on as well. Uh, Rio Muto doubled down on that with a second bomb against uh, Brazoban. So a multi-homer day for Rio Muto. Saw Craig Mish's tweet. I'm sure we all did if indeed we are following anything on Twitter to do with the Marlins right now. And it was a pretty simple one, yet effective, yet pretty painful, effectively saying that you could build a good ball club around Sandy Alcantara, JT Riamuto, and Starling Marte. Yes, you absolutely could. That would be a stunning spine. Nevertheless, you would still need someone at shortstop there, and I'm not sure. Um, you know, maybe you'd put Miggy Rowe in there for the glove, I guess. But the question I have about Groshans, just going back to him, is, can he can he make it work at short? For me, yesterday he showed real nice flashes with the glove. There was a, a, a nice play over at third that he made. There was one in foul territory as well. Groshans just did it all yesterday. It was one of them days for him. He'll remember and look back fondly for the rest of his life. And let's hope this is the start of a, of a wonderful major league career for Jordan Groshans. To me, it doesn't look like he's going to hit for a ton of power. Looks to me just more like a contact hitter, but... I've got no problem with that. If Groshans can come in and play, you know, I think this is where it's interesting and what Sean was talking about the other day. You know, third base is typically a power spot, as is first base these days. Do you know what? As is shortstop for, for many of the elite teams too, but particularly third base and first. The corner corner infield guys usually deliver some power. To me, it doesn't quite look like Groshans has that type of profile. So the question is, is, how how do you fit him in? What's the kind of role he can play? And I think Aram Leighton called this out as well when he when we heard the news that he was getting called up. Doesn't quite have the tools for third. Doesn't quite have maybe the glove for short. What about second? I don't know. That then makes you wonder what's what about Jazz's future? If they love Groshans and he can hit the rest of this uh, this month, you know the Marlins will have a decision to make. They've already got tons of decisions to make, as we already know. But I do think the one decision right now is clearly there's no there's no shortstop that's emerged uh, from the Marlins system um, at all at this point. There's a few guys lower down, but in this near term, no one's emerging at short. And it's clear that the deficiency of Miggy Rowe with the bat um, is likely to be a prolonged one. And, um, you know, the Marlins really need to think about, you know, how can they get some more offensive production at that spot? Uh, the only real option that I can see is to, to see if Jazz Chisholm can actually play every day, um, or at least against right-handed pitchers uh, at shortstop. And Miggy, Miggy Rowe but, you know, slips into that platoon role. Some guys at the start of the year perhaps expected Wendell and Miggy Rowe to platoon anyway at short. So maybe that's what they do and leave Jazz at second. And then it's what can you do at third. So many question marks here about the Marlins. It's it's wild. There's so many guys were cycling just through so many players. It's uh, it's wild. You know, we've had so many starters at third base. It's going to continue to be a massive question. And I don't even know what the free agent market looks like. And I don't know what the trade options may be. But here's what we do know. 
the Marlins were actively looking at um, this is you know rumored, maybe reported, but you know they they were looking at adding a middle infield stick as part of the return for Pablo Lopez. Talked about that a few weeks ago. So the Marlins are clearly thinking about this, and the thing that I'm thinking about is is Jazz Chisholm going to be asked to slide back over to shortstop where we originally thought Jazz would be. He came up, the the glove and the, the the fielding was a little bit spotty in 21. I would say he really picked that up in the relatively small portion of the season that we saw Jazz for. So that's the question for the fish. Is it now going to be we're going to slide Jazz back? Then that opens up some options to go and acquire maybe a second base um, stick, i.e., uh, Gavin Lux was talked about. Um, obviously, Gleyber Torres was talked about. He's had a torrid time since the All-Star break. It's funny how the break and the trade deadline, all of a sudden, your numbers just flex so wildly. But, you know, there's the, like I mentioned, there's so many options. So many, so many options. And from a betting perspective, are there how many options are there? I don't know. But nevertheless, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest uh, football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including opening week games, reviewing them, and looking ahead to game week two. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. That includes live betting, esports, and scores. And it is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite teams and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Ben Online, where the game starts. I held that note wonderfully. I can't sing, by the way. It's kind of got me thinking about Simply Red all of a sudden. That's a wild spin-off. Anyway, nevertheless, guys, what I did want to talk about as well was Jazz Chisholm. I saw a wonderful article by Fish Stripes just about half an hour ago that came out. I think it was authored by Grant uh, Fish Stripes, uh, who was on the show a few weeks back. So, you know, one of the new Fish Stripes alum. And it was talking about Jazz Chisholm and a season review of Jazz. Some of this information in here completely caught me off guard. And so for those that maybe haven't read the article, don't read articles because you're not an article guy and you don't read content. You just want to listen to it. There's no problem in that. I've got you covered, guys. I'm the go-between on the articles. But boy, oh boy, this was the main bit for me. There was there, It was showing basically the Marlins offense um, with Jazz and then once Jazz was cooked and without Jazz. This is wild, absolutely wild. It's so wild how much of a tailspin the Marlins have gone to and gone into offensively since Jazz went down. Totally wild. I'm going to read it to you, then we'll give some opinion on it. Let's start with home runs. With Jazz, uh, they hit 80. That was 14th in the league. And without Jazz, they are 30th in the league. They're dead last without Jazz. Runs with Jazz, 16th in the league. Without Jazz, no surprise on this one. They are dead last as well. ISO, they were 16th. Without Jazz, dead last. BABIP, they were 7th. 7th in BABIP. They were lucky. (laughs) The Marlins offense was getting lucky early doors. Without Jazz, that has fallen all the way down to 29th. And um, with the, 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 the splits, average, OBP, and slug, they were 16th with Jazz. And now, of course, they are last. 
Uh, Woba, they were 16th. With Jazz, without him, they are last. WRC Plus, 100 with Jazz. So they were bang on average. They're 15th. And without Jazz, they are WRC Plus at 71, which is last. And records, they were 33 and 40. So actually, they weren't they weren't a 500 ball club with Jazz. But And since June 29th, when he went down, they've been 25 and 45. They've definitely not been a 500 ball club since then. Boy, oh boy. But it is wild how big of an impact the Jazz Chisholm. And okay, there's some connection here because Jorge Soler, I believe, went down at a relatively similar time. And so we have to take that into account. But it is wild how much Jazz Chisholm means to this Marlins offense. It's not wild. It's clear. It's clear how big of a player Jazz is. It's clear how much of a threat he is, how much he does on the bases, how much he does for the fans, how much he does for Major League Baseball. Jazz Chisholm, an absolute superstar. He is. And the Marlins, they just don't have many superstars. And, well, they certainly do. Uh, they do from a pitching perspective. But offensively, it lacks star power. It lacks juice. And once Jazz went down, look at these numbers. They were pretty much middle of the pack. That's what I've said a few weeks back and pretty much have said all season. The pitching is good enough. The pitching definitely is the rotation is good enough anyway. And with that rotation, all they need is a middle-of-the-road offense. And this team, this offense, was competitive. And that includes them carrying Stallings, and Avi, and Miggy, all these guys who were absolutely stinking in the first half. They were. They were stinking the place out. Even with them stinking the joint out, Jazz Chisholm uh, kept that Marlins offense right average. It was bang average. And for the Marlins, bang average is fine. We can get away with that because the pitching is so good. That's why you play in so many one-run games. Yes, there's wins and yes, there's losses. But here's the thing. With an average offense and a stunning rotation, coupled with getting the closer spot right and the leverage bullpen right, and that was the problem. That's why the record, in my opinion, uh, with Jazz in the lineup is a little bit wonky, a few games under 500. It's because they didn't address closer, the closer spot. We saw it coming a mile off. They didn't. They tried to patch it together right at the last end, but they still couldn't get it done. Just imagine, and we've seen it. We've seen this now. We've seen the glimmer with Jazz in the lineup and the rest of the free agents stinking the joint out and the guys who were traded for. All he had in the early part of the year was Jazz, Jesus Sanchez for, what, a month, Coop kind of okay, and Wendell. The rest, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And that was a league average offense. Jazz out of there, all the old vets still stinking it up. Cooper Loop tailing off. Absolutely turgid offense, historically bad. Jazz is the franchise, offensively. It goes back to this... Uh, this players' meeting, Grant talks about it anyway, where perhaps some of the, the vets weren't happy with Jazz's approach, his professionalism, his timekeeping, his swag, his gear, his chains, his shades, whatever it was. Some people weren't happy with it, and they wanted to call it out. People were coming and going behind Jazz's back. I'm complaining to Donnie. Donnie wanted to air it out. Oh, my days. What's going on? This is your star player. Star player? Needs to be looked after. And it just shows the numbers show how important Jazz Chisholm is to this Marlins offense. No ifs, no buts. The offense is Jazz. There's no I in team. 
But there is an eye in Chisholm, and he is the team. That's what I'd be saying. Jazz Chisholm is this team. He is this offense. And for the Marlins, the question is, not the question, the directive that I'm giving, and Bruce Sherman should be giving down. Listen, I'm going to call up Bruce. Bruce, make it happen. Bruce, you need to extend Jazz Chisholm immediately. He is so valuable. Yes, there's some injury concerns. That is granted. However, the Marlins, and Grant talks about in the article too, and I completely agree with Grant. The Marlins need to lock Jazz down. He is he's so important to this, to this team, to everything the Marlins want to do, both now and for the next five to ten years. He absolutely is. Marlins, as you enter the off last season, last offseason, they got it done with Sandy. They went in there and they bought him all out of his arb and it paid off. What are they going to do with Jazz? Both in terms of Extensions? Are they going to look to extend him? That seems to be the trend now for these difference makers, for these studs, the guys that you know are proven and they're going to be absolute kings for years. I think Jazz fits that profile perfectly and the Marlins should look to do the business now and Jazz should look to take the deal now. Will he want to? Does Jazz Chisholm want to stay in Miami? He may want to see who's going to be managing. He may want to see who's in the clubhouse because clearly there's been some tricky some tricky spots. Every clubhouse will have tricky moments, no doubt about it. I've seen the Giants are all feuding now as well. Um, but every clubhouse will have its moments. It will have its, there'll be people you like, people you don't like, all this kind of thing. Jazz will probably be thinking, do I want to commit here without knowing what the future direction is going to look like? Because clearly the Marlins... They have some some decisions to make about Donnie. They have some decisions to make about veteran players and who they're going to bring in. Who's going to be around veteran-wise to set the tone? Who is? Jazz will want to wait and see who they are, but doesn't take away from the point. The Marlins should look to extend Jazz Chisholm immediately, and they will get a stunning deal out of that. Jazz Chisholm is an absolute... He's a marquee player right now, and the numbers tell us he is critical, critical, to this Marlins offense. They go again tonight. No UK friendly, which again, what's going on with these UK friendlies? Lack of UK friendlies. Again, it's the final game against the Phils. Pablito going for the fish against Noah Syndergaard. They almost have an identical season ERA. Syndergaard is a 4-0-9. Pablito, 4-0-4. Let's be honest, Syndergaard since the trade has not been great. He hasn't. Pablo. For me, it's definitely found his groove again. I expect the Marlins to go and win this game. They are looking to avoid the sweep against the Phils. They had the same situation last week, went out in game three and avoided the sweep. I'm expecting them to win this game. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme, but they are kind of closing in on some of the lottery uh, spots. They continue to kind of sink down. Some of the other teams have been on some hot streaks. The Cubs we've just seen have been on a hot streak, so... Yeah, I'm expecting the Marlins to win this game if they play okay. I think jo uh, Groshans give them some juice. Did see some talk about Lewin Diaz on Twitter as well, which is interesting. Uh, I think it was Noah Berger. Uh, you know, we all love Lewin's glove, but we need the stick, and you cannot carry a glove of first base. You can't. Stick's got to play. Lewin Diaz, he has to. He has to find a way to turn this around offensively. He really does because. The time is ticking. It's essential that he finds a way to make it happen. Pablito going. I expect them to win this game. And I think uh, we'll come on to Friday and be looking forward to a new series. The Phils, let's give them credit. They've always historically struggled against the Marlins. And the last few seasons, they really have. The Marlins have been their bogey team. 
Nevertheless, the Phils are getting uh, they're getting the job done this year. This is a different Philadelphia Phillies, in my opinion. And it all stems back to the manager change. They changed that manager midway through the year. Nothing fundamentally changed other than we're going to get rid of some of these vets. We're going to bring in the new guy and we're going to go about managing games differently. Different approach, different management, new results. The Marlins are going to look to try and leverage that this offseason. New leadership, new culture, new results. The Marlins have to only have to look across to the other dugout and see how that can be so impactful. They only have to look across to LA or Anaheim and realize how unimpactful it can be as well. So you must tread with caution on that topic. However, something clearly has to change. And as much as I love Donnie, we all know that the end is nigh for Donnie and it is nigh for a few of the guys that have been around for some time. Nevertheless, guys, that is me done and out of here for Thursday's episode. It's an early one. Yes, I am having Thursday beers. Get this episode episode out early, but I will be back on Friday, of course, guys, looking back at the Pablito start and looking ahead to the weekend series. In the meantime, go fish. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>